Thank you, Julie. I want to read something I got off the internet from a website called neopagan.net. Anybody been to that website this week? Neopagan.net. <laughs> Not this week, last week. This is from the site of Isaac Bonowitz, author of The Essential Guide to Witchcraft and Wicca. A student sent me an email asking me to sum up in more personal terms what Halloween means to me and other neo-pagans. And here is what I told her. Number one, Halloween is the modern name for Samhain, an ancient Celtic holy day which many neo-pagans, especially Wiccan, Wiccans, Druids, and Celtic Reconstructionists, celebrate as a spiritual beginning of a new year. Halloween is a time to confront our personal and cultural attitudes toward death and those who have passed on before us. Now, did you notice the subtlety of what was said there? Halloween is a time to confront our personal and cultural attitudes toward death and those who have passed on before us. Actually, challenge, challenging what we've been taught about death. Halloween is a time to lift the veil between the many material and spiritual worlds in divination so as to gain spiritual insight about our past and futures. Halloween is a time to deepen our connection to the cycles of the seasons, to the generations that have come before us and those that will follow, and to the gods and goddesses we worship. Halloween is a time to let our inner children out to play, to pass on our childhood traditions to our children, and to share the fun with our friends and neighbors of many other faiths. Actually, that's a subtle way of saying we're going to indoctrinate your kids with satanic doctrine in the name of fun. Okay? Now, today is a message that I've preached before. And it'll probably tick some folks off just as bad as it does every time I preach it. Because I'm going to mess with your fun. And our message today is entitled Halloween, Hallowed or Hellish. And we'll let you remain seated if you won't go anywhere. And turn to Deuteronomy 18. Please try your best to listen with an open mind today. Deuteronomy 18, beginning to read with verse 9. We got the lights down so y'all can see back what's behind us here. We're going to have some slides here shortly. So I hope you can read out there in the dark. Deuteronomy 18, beginning to read verse 9. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord until society says it's okay. Okay. 
and then it won't be an abomination to the Lord anymore. Is that what it says? And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you will dispossess listened to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. Now, a message like the one you're about to hear is going to be considered extreme and narrow-minded in most religious circles. All over Spartanburg County, all over the United States today, many churches, if you walk down the halls of their, uh, of their church buildings, in their children's departments, you're going to see witches on brooms, black cats, jack-o'-lanterns, and, and devils and witches. Matter of fact, uh, the first haunted house I ever went in was a, was a church not far from here. First time I ever gone into a haunted house. Today, my purpose is not to deal with the symptoms of Halloween and not to deal with the symbols of Halloween or the surface of Halloween. What I want to talk today about is the spirit behind Halloween. We're not talking about the symptoms and the symbols necessarily, but I want you to remember we're talking about the spirit behind it. Now, is there anybody here today that would feel comfortable with a, with a swastika hanging on your front door? No. Is there anybody here that would feel comfortable with a burning cross in your front yard? No. Now, let me ask you something. Is there anything inherently wrong with a swastika symbol or a burning cross? I mean, is there anything wicked about the symbol itself? No. It's just like money. Money's amoral. Money's not good or bad. What makes us not want to associate with a swastika or a burning cross is not that we don't like crosses that are on fire, or crooked little sticks that look like two S's turned around. That, that's, it's not, that's not it. Why we would not want a swastika on our door or a burning cross in our yard is because of what they represent. Because of the association with it. And I told Ann while I was going to the illustration I was going to give, she said it's the same thing about the rebel flag. Okay, oh God, we, we're, on, we're, on, we're on country boy holy ground now, aren't we? There's nothing wrong, uh, wrong with the rebel flag in itself. Back in the Civil War times, the rebel flag, it was a battle flag. It didn't mean I hate black people. But today it means that. Come on now. I know we're in Pauline, but come on. I don't have a rebel flag flying in my yard, not because I don't like rebel flags, but I don't like what it stands for. I don't like what it represents. Not because I'm not proud of, of my Confederate heritage. I'm just not proud of what some of my Confederate heritage condoned. Y'all, it's as quiet in here. You can hear a rat pee on a piece of cotton. Listen now. Do you know where I'm going with this? 
These symbols and things that we're going to talk about today in themselves are not the end of the world. You know, a, a pumpkin with a carved out face on your porch ain't going to send you to hell. But I'm going to tell you what it represents and then you can decide whether you want to leave it out there or not. Nothing wrong with the swastika in itself. Nothing wrong with a, with a burning cross in itself. It's what it represents that everybody associates with when they see it. Now that's what I want you to get. I want you to understand. Okay? We're going to look at the spirit behind Halloween and we're going to look at what the scripture says about those spirits. Now, my intention here, even though I probably already have insulted somebody or, or you feel like I've condemned you, my, in, my intention is not to condemn anybody. And I promise you, I have not been riding around your neighborhood looking, inspecting your porch and your yard, okay? So if you think I'm personalizing this and I'm picking on you, you're badly mistaken because I have preached this in 01, 04, 06, and, and 010, and I preached it before then, so I've been offending people with this a long time. One of the largest Baptist churches in Spartanburg called me in on a Sunday night to preach this message. Now, if it's good for them, it's good for us. Amen? Let's look at the origin of Halloween. The Halloween customs that are prevalent in the United States today came to us largely from the early residents of the British Isles called the Celts. It's spelled C-E-L-T-S, but it's pronounced Celts, okay? And the Celts were a pagan people. The Celts, and see, if you don't believe what I'm telling you, this, I didn't get this out of the, you know, out of the seminary book. You can go online and find, you can go to any, you can go to neopagan.com or witches are us or wherever you want to go and you can find out what I'm telling you is the truth, okay? This isn't something just slanted against, against the witches and the Wiccans and the warlocks. This, this is shown enough the truth, okay? And you, and, and it's, and it, and it's proven. The, the, the Celts, worshipped the same gods that the Greeks and the Romans worshipped, but they called them different names. Now, how many of you know gods worshipped by men are not gods? They are demon spirits. Okay? And how many of you will we'll go so far to say that demons are real? And the same demons that were on the earth when Jesus were here are still here. And Jesus wasn't no psycho. He talked to them. And they talked back. So they're real. And they haven't gone anywhere. They're still here. Okay? Now, the priests of the Celts were called Druids. How many of you have ever heard of a Druid? The Druids were the teachers, the judges, the philosophers, and the prophets of the people. And the Druids had complete control over the people, and their worship often involved human sacrifices and animal sacrifices unto the gods and the goddesses that they worshipped. And the Celts chose October 31st as the date of their new year, and it is the time that they worshipped the dead. You see, the, the Celts and the Druids believe that once a year, everybody that had died came back to this earth and, 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 and on, on the October the 31st, they came out with demons, elves, and witches to return to their homeland or to their residence to be entertained by the living. 
And huge bonfires would be set up on the hills and they would, they would try to keep the evil spirits away from coming back. And Halloween is the night before All Saints Day and, uh, uh, and, and it's, it's really All Saints Eve. And what is All Saints Day? Listen to this. All Saints Day. Study this. Look on the internet and find it out. Look in your encyclopedia. All Saints Day is a mixture of Roman Catholicism and pagan religion which, re- which resulted in Christianized pagans worshiping the Virgin Mary, other saints, and other gods and goddesses that they had previously worshipped. But what they did, the Roman Catholic Church compromised with the pagans in order to get them to come into the church. So what they did, they simply traded one set of gods for another set of gods and gave them Christian names. But they're still worshiping the same demon. You know, I can call Mike Frank. I can call Greg Lucy. But he's still Greg and he's still Mike. It don't matter what you call them, it's still the same entity, the same demon spirit. And they traded one set of, of, of gods and idols with another set and gave them religious names. And October the 31st is the most high holy day in the satanic church. It's actually a satanic holiday. Serious Christians, I believe, should have nothing to do with a satanic holiday. And it's not a joke, I don't think, to lift up and deify and edify and glorify demons, devils, and witches. Now let's look and see the customs of Halloween. we got some slides here to go with us. The first one, the first custom of Halloween is fear. All right, fear. Folks, is there not enough fear in the world for our kids without us having to merchandise it and manufacture it and give them more. we got to understand that the Bible says God did not give us a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. And let me tell you, fear and faith are both spiritual forces. Wherever there is faith, God is attracted to it. God can't stay out of an atmosphere where there's faith. I'm going to tell you what, you exercise faith, God's going to be right there, and the Spirit of God's going to be right there. But you know what? Satan can't resist the spirit of fear. Wherever there's fear, I'll guarantee you, God has nothing to do with it. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And wherever the power of fear is activated, not only, not only are, there, are, are there demons and everything else attracted to it, but I'm going to tell you what, you ring a bell in the, in the spirit world and say, come on devils, come on demons, you're welcome here. It's like a magnet that draws in the enemy. Wherever there's fear, you can be sure demons are close by. Secondly, the jack-o'-lantern. Oh, Lord, now, what are we going to really mess up with, Pastor? Please don't come by my house today. Actually, me too, buddy. You ought to be. He said, I'm scared of that. Actually, jack-o'-lantern really means jack of the lantern. You see, it was an early belief of the Druids and the Celts that the souls of good men went to paradise And the souls of wicked men were left to wander on this earth somewhere between heaven and earth. Now, Jack was supposed to have been uh, one of these doomed, wicked men who couldn't go to heaven or hell, but was doomed to wander until judgment day. 
So Jack supposedly put a, a burning coal in a turnip. And the reason he put the burning coal in the turnip was to deceive the demons into believing that he was still alive. And the fire was supposed to symbolize his living soul. Well, when you got to America, pumpkins were more plentiful than turnips, I reckon. So pumpkins began to be used for this purpose. And the pumpkin face, listen, the pumpkin face with a candle in it is an ancient symbol for a damned soul. Now I want to ask you, what are you advertising on your porch? When, when people drive by, are you saying, I don't have light, I don't have life, so I've got to deceive the spirits into thinking that I do have life and light. And really what we're doing, we're advertising. This is strong, but here's what I believe with all my heart. We're advertising. Listen, yeah, but the people on my street don't know all this, Pastor. Devils do. The demons do. See, we're not talking about the symptoms. We're talking about the spirits behind it. What it represents. Not the thing itself. What it represents. A pumpkin pie made out of jack will be just as good as one made out of a non-jack. But it's what it represents. And what you're saying is, there's not saved souls living in this house, just damned souls. I'm going to ask you something. Is there a damned soul on your porch? Does a damned soul live at your house? What are you advertising? And see, the face on this pumpkin was to be as frightening as it could be to scare off the evil spirits. Now, what about trick-or-treating in masks? Oh, Pastor Manning, good gracious. The people were so afraid of these evil spirits that were supposed to come back out on October the 31st that they disguised themselves as evil spirits so the evil spirits that came out would think they were an evil spirit and leave them alone. Gathered around bonfires, they would make offerings to their God with animal heads on to, make, to, to deceive the spirits. They wore the skins uh, and they would tell the fortunes of their friends and their neighbors for the coming year. And they would leave food. Oh, here we go. They would leave food outside their doors to keep the evil spirits from harming them. So the food outside the door along with the demonic disguise is where we get the term trick or treat. They either treated the demon into leaving them alone by the food or they tricked them into thinking that they were a demon themselves where they would leave them alone. Trick or treat. One Christian author wrote the following statement. I think he says it pretty well. He says, We are teaching children to dress up so no one will know you, go to someone's house, ask for something for nothing, and if they don't give you what you want, then do harm to them or their property. We're teaching them deceit, welfare, and vandalism all at the same time. And I'm going to tell you, you're looking at somebody that loved Halloween. Y'all just know I could get into some devilment on Halloween. We, don't any of you kids do this? This is just history. We used to take, me and my friends, we used to, we loved Halloween. God, we were so mean. 
We'd wait till we saw a car coming, and we'd squirt lighter fluid on our boots, set it on fire, and run down the road with our feet on fire. We'd lay in the ditch and get a black hose on a fishing line and reel it across the road and watch people back up and spin about 20,000 miles off their tires trying to kill that black snake. We just laugh. Somebody go down the road, we'd sling a hubcap behind them and they'd think it was their hubcap. They'd spend 30 minutes looking in the ditch, not look at the tire and see if there's one gone, just looking for their hubcap. Broke into Roebuck Elementary, stole, a, stole a, a fire extinguisher off the wall. One that you had to put water and pressure in. Didn't have no more sense than to go down to Heights store, Texaco, a quarter of a mile from the school, and fill it up with water and pressure. And we'd ride around. We pulled up to this poor guy sitting on a wall on South Church Street. Ask him directions. He started to tell us I hit that plunger and knocked him backwards over the wall. Some of my friends took an old dog down to the J.M. Fields parking lot and they sandpapered its rear end and put turpentine on it and put shaving cream on his mouth and started hollering, mad dog, mad dog. People was jumping up on top of their cars. I mean, we were mean. And we, and we did this stuff at Halloween. And the devils was just saying, yay. It's a wonder I didn't end up in jail. I did one time, but not for that. Put poop in a, in a bag and set it on somebody's porch and set it on fire, and they come out and stomp it out, and you know the rest of the story. One day, every mailbox on our road got blown up with cherry bombs except ours. My brother was accused but it was a friend of my brother's. And Lanny said, why didn't you blow up my mailbox? He said, because you my friend. Well, who does it look like blew up the mailboxes if every mailbox on the cotton picking road gets blown up with yours? <laughs> Halloween. Black cats and witches. Black cats were sacred to the ancient Druids. They believed that the cats had once been human and had changed into cats because of their evil deeds. And today, many Christians are even still carry on some of these superstitious nonsense that goes back to, to ancient Druid times. How many of you, when a black cat runs across the road in front of you, you draw an X on the windshield? You break a mirror. Oh, my Lord, seven years of... You ain't sweeping under my feet. I'm not nonsense. The steps of the Lord are steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, not a black cat. And we think, oh, you know, that's so silly what some people believe. Yes, it is. Look at some of the stuff we believe. Well, I can't eat that, and I won't do that, and I'm not gonna wear that, and we're not gonna do that, and you know, you can't do you know, black cat crosses the road. There's people that drive around three miles out of the way to keep them going where Black Cat was. I don't need anything this color on this day, and we can't. Oh, man. Bonfires. Oh, God, there goes our bonfire. No, no, no. It just depends on what you're burning in the bonfire. 
In Acts 19, they burned curious arts and books and, and magic stuff and demonic stuff in the bonfire. But a bonfire actually comes from the word bone fire. See, the Druids and the Celts would, would sacrifice animals and, then after, and, and sometimes humans. And then after the, bon, the, the fire had burned down, they would take the remainder, remainder of the bones and predict the future with the bones. And that's where we get the word bonfire. Bobbing for apples. Surely, Pastor Manning, bobbing for apples. Good gracious. Bobbing for apples. What in the world is bob? First thing wrong with bobbing for apples is you don't know whose feet's been in that wash tub. <laughs> bobbing for apples related to the ceremony to honor the Roman goddess of the fruit trees. Pagans would bob for apples and then drop the unbroken peel. How many of you say, oh, I got, to, I got to peel this apple and I can't let the peeling break or it'll be bad luck. You know where that goes back to? Right here. Unbroken peels were dropped on the floor as a means of fortune telling and predicting the future and picking out who your lover was going to be. Ridiculous. Now we've looked at the origin, we looked at the customs. Let's look at our forefathers in Halloween. These customs were brought to America, as we've said, largely by the inhabitants of the British Isles. And I am Scotch-Irish, so back there somewhere there's a druid in my past. I had, an, I had, a, fam, I had a relative somewhere that was into all this stuff. And you probably did too. But see, our godly forefathers who were already here did not allow it to remain because of their religious convictions. The tradition of Halloween, when it first came, almost immediately died because our religious forefathers who were godly said, we're not going to tolerate this. We've come here to worship God. You ain't bringing all that nonsense over here. But in the 1800s, when there was just an absolute flood of immigrants coming into the United States... The, there, was, there was more of the, of the immigrants and their traditions than there were the godly, uh, the godly Christians who would stand up to the principle and the custom of Halloween revived. And having mentioned the religious conviction of our forefathers, where did they get these convictions? What was the standard upon which the convictions were established? What was it? Where did our, where did our forefathers get the holy convictions that they had? Of what God said was an abomination and what to allow and not allow. What? The Word of God. The Word of God. So, let's look at what does the Bible say? What does the Scripture say about these spirits? You know, the Bible's not going to say, Thou shalt not have a jack-o'-lantern. Or thou shalt not bob for apples. But it says plenty about the spirit behind that. Does everybody understand we're talking about the spirit behind it, not, not the thing? Look in Deuteronomy chapter 7. Everybody still here? Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 25 and 26. Deuteronomy chapter 7, 25 and 26. You shall burn the carved images of their gods with fire. You shall not covet their gold or silver that is on them, nor take it for yourselves, lest you be snared by it, for it is an abomination to the Lord your God. Oh, listen to this now. If we haven't got your attention yet, listen to this. Nor shall you bring an abomination into your house. The, me the message says, don't bring it into your home. Lest you become doomed to destruction like it. Let me read that one more time because some of y'all don't believe that's in your Bible. 
That's in your Bible. Guess what? You didn't get a different Bible when you came in today. What you're reading is in your Bible. Nor shall you bring an abomination into your house, lest you become doomed to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest it and utterly abhor it, for it is an accursed thing. It is an accursed thing. Look at Deuteronomy 18, 9 to 14. That's where we, that's where we opened up. Deuteronomy 18, 9 to 14. I want to read it again. Deuteronomy 18, 9 to 14. When you come into the land which the Lord has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. Where did Israel get into trouble? When they started learning to do the stuff, where did they learn about golden calves? What they were worshiping at the foot of Mount Sinai. They learned about it in Egypt. Okay? There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, one who practices witchcraft or soothsayer, one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells or medium or a spiritual, or one who calls up the dead. Necromancy. He's talking to the dead. He says it's an abomination. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. You shall be blameless. Before the Lord your God, for these nations which you will dispossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. Then look in Acts chapter 18. Excuse me, Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. 19 and 20. Acts chapter 19. 19 and 20. Well, let, let's, let, let's, let, let's start at verse 17. Acts chapter 19, verse 17. This became known both to the Jews, Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them and totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. What these folks were practicing was not illusions. It was not games. It was not trickery. It was not that. It was, it was actual demonic magic with with demonic manifestations. It wasn't sleight of hand. It wasn't illusions. It was, it was magic that was born of demonic influence. Many today, many of you today, we're going to see in just a few th- minutes, I'm going to show you some things. Many Christians today need to do some major house cleaning. Let's look at some objects. First of all, objects which may have been dedicated to demonic spirits or represent what God says as an abomination. Might not have been dedicated to a demonic spirit, but it represents something that God says is an abomination. First of all, books and magazines, DVDs and video games. For example, horoscopes. How many Christians, the first thing they do when they open the paper is they go to the obituary column to see if they're dead. If they ain't dead, they turn to the horoscope to see what kind of day they're going to have. Horoscope. Oh, but it's just fun. Did God say it's fun? What did He say? It's an abomination. He said it's an abomination. 
books and magazines. Some of you got DVDs and games. Some of you let your kids play with games that are demonic. They, 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 there's nothing wrong with the game itself, but it's what it represents and the demonic spirits that may be attracted to that thing. Don't tell me you can have a Playboy magazine laying on your coffee table and there ain't a demon of perversion sitting right there beside it. Don't tell me you can't have some of this witchcraft stuff that's all in a guy in the guise of a fun video game that you bought your kid that don't have a witchcraft spirit right there close by. What about relics disguised as decorations? Oh, yeah, we went to Africa on a cruise and bought 15 masks. We don't know why all hell's broke loose since we got back. We got sick. We can't, you know, the kids has gone nuts and we've lost our home. And, but, 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 boy, ain't that pretty. There are stuff, there is stuff that is dedicated to demons that you don't even know where it came from. Back here in some dark tribal Ritual somewhere. And your house looks like you live in with a bunch of pygmies. And you don't know where this stuff came from. You don't know what, what it represents. There's things you don't know what it represents. And, and some of you might have some of it around your neck today and you don't even know what it represents. Oh, my Lord. What about Buddhas? Oh, he's just a little fat statue. He's a, he's a false god. And there's a demon associated with it. I'm uncomfortable going in Chinese restaurants because this little fat dude reminds me of what I might look like if I keep eating there. <laughs> what about some other symbols or objects? What about this one? This one is anarchy. There's rock groups and kids today, teenagers, wear this and have it, uh, have it tattooed on them. Anarchy. It means, listen, the phrase of anarchy today is do what thou wilt. What it really means, anarchy means do away and abolish all laws. Do whatever you want to do. Isn't that where we're going? Is, are we not getting away from absolutes? Do what you want to do. If it's right to you, it's right. That's anarchy. The reason people don't want any absolutes is because they do not want to be held accountable for their sin. And if there is no God, there is no law. If there is no law, I can live any way I want to. I can live in anarchy. What about the next one? The Egyptian symbol for eternal life, which is a symbol of the Egyptian sun god, Ra. Christians wear these things. It's an ankh. And it was buried with every Egyptian symbolizing eternal life and reincarnation. What about the next one? Oh, that, I, somebody gave me one of these. This is the Turkish horn. What's wrong with that? I, I've got, I, I've got the, that's, that's part of my jewelry. It's a pretty little curved little gold horn on a chain. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, it might be beautiful, but it's actually called a Luciferian horn. And it means, it means, not the object, but the spirit. It means I trust Lucifer for my finances. What about the next one? Oh, yeah, peace, brother, peace. 
That is a broken cross upside down. Jesus was crucified on the cross, and the peace symbol is a broken upside down cross. Enough said. What about the next one? The pentagram. If you look, many of these have goat's heads. There's his ears and his horns, and here's his, here's his nose. This is the official symbol of the satanic church. It's also the background symbol for the eastern star, but we won't go there. What about the next one? I've seen kids here wearing this. The yin-yang. What does that... That's just a brand. That's just a symbol. It's just something that's popular. Do you know what this means? Not the symbol. We're not against the symbol. We are against what it represents. And what it represents, the yin-yang means this. If I had me a... pointer here's a Pauline pointer right here okay? here's your white that's good here's your black that's evil that's bad here's your little black and the white and a little white in the black you know what it's saying y'all there are no absolutes because you see in life there's a little bit of evil in the good and a little bit of good in the evil so just do what you want to do. There's no absolute truth. There's no really totally bad, and there's no really totally good. There's a little good in the bad, and a little bad in the good. That's an, that is an Eastern religion philosophy that once again strips away man of any accountability of doing right and wrong. What about the next one? Did I give you Gene? Jean, oh, bless her sweetheart. Jean Dixon. You would not believe the people that used to read her column and decide what kind of day they were going to have and plan their life after Jean Dixon's predictions in the paper. She was the dear Abby of Satanism. Did you know how she says out of her own mouth that she got the power to predict the future? She says one day she was in the bed and a white snake crawled up in bed with her, spoke to her, and after that time she became clairvoyant. Now, I don't know about y'all, but the first time a woman talked to a snake, it screwed us all up. <laughs> I don't want to be trusting nobody that got their power from no kind of snake. What about the next guy? Edgar Casey. He claimed to be a devout Christian while practicing the very thing that the Word of God said was a detestable, abhorrent sin against Almighty God. And then some of you might watch this guy. The next one. That's kind of a fuzzy picture. We had to enlarge it. John Edward crossing over. Uh, how many of you have ever saw, seen, the, seen the TV show Talking to the Dead or Crossing Over? What he's practicing, y'all, is necromancy. For, did not God say... If you talk to the dead or call up the dead, it's an abomination and, it, and I detest it. Yeah, but how could he have known this about grandma? It had to be grandma talking. Honey, them demons, that, them demons is older than grandma. 
Don't you know the demons knew your grandma's favorite color and her favorite dress and what her favorite best friend's name was and what kind of pie she used to... Listen, it's, it's called familiar spirits because they are familial. They know your family. Yeah, they know all the details back yonder in your ancestry because they were there. And they are spirits of deception. They are spirits of deception to get you to looking to hearing a voice from grandma or going to some kind of seance or psychist to, to, to get somebody from the grave to speak to you. If you're in the grave, you don't speak. Well, pastor, oh God, Jesus, don't make me say this. I know it was my mama I saw. What's the word say? Not Pastor Manning. What does the word say about talking to the dead? Could it have been that you have been deceived? But it brought me comfort. The devil will deceive you if you look to him for your guidance and for direction. He'll give you comforting things. How many of you know sin is fun? I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You can get mad at me or whatever you want to do, but I'm just telling you the Bible says that if you talk to the dead or call up the dead or practice necromancy, it's an abomination. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Is it all right if I tell you what the Bible says? Look at Isaiah 47. What else does the Bible say? Isaiah 47. 13 to 15. We're drawing this to a close. Aren't you glad? Isaiah 47, 13 to 15. We said, what does the Bible say about these? What does the Scripture say about these spirits? Isaiah 47, 13 to 15 says, You are wearied in the multitude of your counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, and the monthly prognosticators, horoscopes, stand up and save you. From what shall come upon you? Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. It shall not, it shall not be a coal to be warmed by, not a fire to sit before. Thus shall they be to you with whom you have labored, your merchants from your youth. They shall wander each one to his own quarter, and none shall save you. How much plainer can it be? Prognosticators, the monthly prognosticators, astrologers, stargazers. He's not talking about astronomy. He's talking about astrology. There is a study of the stars called astronomy. And that's perfectly fine, just like biology. But if you were looking to the stars to decide your future and your life, that is astrology. And God forbids it. Look in 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Look at Ephesians 4.27. Ephesians 4.27 says, Do not give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil. 
If you're reading a horoscope, you're giving place to the devil. You're giving him an opportunity to get in and deceive you. What about uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.22? Go back to your right. 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Abstain from every form of evil. Does abstain from every form of evil sound like let's just have a jack-o'-lantern because it's fun? Let's just dress up like a witch because it's fun? Let's just read the horoscope because it's fun? Does that sound like abstaining from every form of evil? Look at uh, 1 Timothy 4.1. Go to your right again. 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times... Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Notice it's deceiving spirits. If you think you can run with the devil's crowd and and honor everything that God says is an abomination and let it be a part of your life just because it's fun, then you have been deceived. That's why you you think this message is ridiculous and narrow-minded and old-fashioned, because you're deceived. You don't understand the Spirit. Not the symbols, but the Spirit. Not the swastika, but what the swastika stands for. Not the burning cross, but what it represents. Not the rebel flag, but what it represents. Not the pumpkin with a face, but what it represents. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians chapter 6, 14 to 18. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? I've never been into a haunted house that had all the lights on. In the haunted house. They're not handing out chocolate cake. They're chasing you with a chainsaw. (laughs) It's dark. And the darker the better. What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Listen, Pastor Manny, I just use that Buddha as a paperweight. I mean, it put him to work. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch the unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. Come out from among them and be separate. What fellowship does darkness have with light? And then finally, Romans chapter 12. This is the last scripture. Romans chapter 12. Aren't you glad I'm not going home with some of you to eat today? Be awfully uncomfortable. (laughs) We might have a pumpkin whacking. 
Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 21. And this is the message in a crux right here. In, in, in just one sentence right here. This is the crux of the message. Romans twelve twenty one. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't, over, don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. When the Satanists start bowing at the manger of baby Jesus, we can start celebrating their holy day. We're citizens of another land, y'all. We've got to live by its customs. We've got to live by its king. You say, well, Pastor, I can't stop Halloween, my God. <laughs> no, you can't stop it. But we don't have to join in and learn their ways either. You removing your pumpkin and taking the ghost out of your trees might just cause your neighbor to say, did somebody steal your ghosts? And you can say, no, but I got visited by one. It was the Holy Ghost. And he convicted me. Let me give you some scriptures our pastor gave us. See what you want to do with it. Bring the damned thing in the house. You become damned with it. Do, do, do I want to still do that? Yeah, but I gave a lot of money for that. <laughs> Halloween. Hallowed or hellish? It's not hallowed, is it? Now, if you go out of here and say, I am against pumpkins, folks, let me reiterate. It's not the symptoms or the symbols that we're talking about. It is the spirit behind it. It all has a spirit. Do you want it in your house? Do you want it around your kids? If God says He has not given us a spirit of fear, why would we want to give one to our kids? If God don't give it to us, why do we want it? Oh, but it's just fun, is it? Somewhere, y'all, we got to stand. Why are we where we are today in this country? It's because we have let the world in the church and have not let the church get out into the world. We've just accepted everything 
And now you can't tell the difference between a, a worldly church person or a church, churchy worldly person. Somebody's got to draw the line and say, listen, God has not called me to such. I'm going to be separate. I don't care if we've done it all, that way all of our life. We're going to start all over. Somebody's going to draw a line in the sand and say, no more. No more. You don't know that it might be a testimony to somebody that you love that you stood up to some principle. Yeah, they're going to think you're crazy just like some of you think I am. That's fine. I'll go meet my maker knowing I preach the truth. I would rather offend you than God any time. I ain't got a bit of problem offending you. Y'all know that? I'll offend you in a minute. But I don't want to offend God. I don't want the one that called me to preach the glorious gospel to say, why did you water that down? Why did you, why did you say something that I said was abominable and, and detestable that I hated was okay if your heart was right? That's why we're in the shape we're in today, folks. People sin because their heart's right. Well, God knew what I meant. Somebody's got to say enough is enough. We're not going there. We're not going to do that. Now, many of you, this is the first you've heard of any of this. You're sitting there like, my God. I mean, this is just, this is just news for some of you. And see, if you've been untaught all these years, that's fine. But guess what? You've been taught. You've seen what the Word says now. What are you going to do? See, you're, you're accountable now. See, it had been better off if some of you had stayed at home today. Because you done heard the truth. And now you've got to make a decision what you're going to do with it. Huh? You might have to go get you a pumpkin that ain't got a face on it. That's all right. We celebrate in fall. It's all right for our kids to come in here Saturday and have a fall festival and celebrate fellowship and fall. And thank, I'm, I'm glad it's fall. I'm tired of hot weather. I'll, I'll celebrate fall. Huh? I'll sit on a pumpkin. I'll eat it and sit on it. And Well, Pastor, we thought we might have us a bonfire out here. Now you done messed that up. No, 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 no. You, you missed what I'm saying. I ain't against bonfires. It depends on what you're using the bonfire for and what kind of spirit you're attracting to the bonfire. See, over there in Isaiah, they were having bon- back in the Druid days, they were having bonfires sacrificing animals and offering up to the goddesses and gods and false gods and doing fortune telling. I won't have a bit of problem to have us a bit. Maybe we ought to do this. I, Brother Widdis, plan on doing this. Y'all bring some pallets and some wood. And we'll have us a bonfire back here that'll light up Pauline. But what we're going to do, we're going to have us an Acts 19 bonfire where you can bring all the crap at your house that ought not be there and put it in the fire. All them nasty love novels that's deplorable. I'm not talking about good love novels. I'm talking about the nasty ones. I ain't talking about bringing all your DVDs, just the ones that you'd hide if Jesus came. Not all your magazines, just the one that Jesus wouldn't want to read. 
And you might have some stuff that you've just been wondering. See, there's some of you, when I talked about that African face and all that, some of you, but some of you, there was two or three objects in your house that you said, you know what? I've always felt a little. Now, don't raise your hand, but I know you're here. I've always felt a little uncomfortable about that. But I give good money for it. But I just, every time I walk by it, I, my Holy Ghost inside me just kind of cuts a flip. Something just ain't right. Honey, if you think that, bring it on. It ain't worth you having your spirit grieved every time you walk by it. Huh? Just bring it on. We'll just have us a, we'll just have us a, 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 a Holy Ghost bonfire and burn up everything that Satan might be trying to use to draw in and attract devils at your house. How I many of you don't need no more devils at your house than you already got? So that's what we'll do. Amen?